You are listening to Inside Healthcare, a podcast presented by NCQA. So joining us for today's interview are a couple of folks from the Emory Transplant Center. They are currently going through the transformation process for patient-centered specialty care. They are the Transplant Center Director, Dr. James Spivey, and the Practice Administrator, Chris Demata. Before we get into your transition, tell us, Dr. Spivey, about the Transplant Center. Much, many of us obviously don't live in Atlanta and would like to hear about uh, sort of what you do, your patient load, that sort of thing. Our Transplant Center was um, founded about a dozen years ago by two of our leaders, two of our surgeons here, Chris Larson and uh, Tom Pearson. We employed 25 or 30 physicians full-time and a number of advanced practice providers too. And then we have over 100 program staff supporting the program. So it's really quite a large operation. We transplant around 300 kidney patients a year, about 150 livers. Uh, Our lung transplant program is is growing, but anywhere from 20 to 25 a year, we expect that number to go up sharply over the next few years. So that gives you an idea about our volume. You talk there about kidney transplants and the number. Is that a significant issue in your region? Well, it is, and, and Georgia needs to do a better job of giving dialysis patients access to transplant. That's one of the challenges that we've identified. What turns you on to this concept of patient-centered medical care, in this case, patient-centered specialty care? What turns you on to that sort of care delivery model? Uh, Chris, I'll let you answer. When we were first introduced to the idea, obviously, with the via uh, people's experience with the medical home. Uh, so when we were told that there was something available for a transplant center, the patient-centered specialty care uh, organization, we were very excited because as we learned about that opportunity, we were very interested to see how uh, what the goals of achieving that accreditation were with the goals that we had internally as far as having a, a quality uh, program. It was a logical choice for us to make as we wanted to progress as a, a division, a department of Emory University Hospital and continue to proceed in a positive direction with our quality programs. So one of the things that we heard here in Washington was that PCSP recognition, Dr. Spivey, aligns in some way with the transplant center's mission. Can you tell me a little bit about that? When we first began to look at this, look at the primary points of interest or the points for certification by NACWA, we realized our requirement to, um, to meet certain standards already existed to a large extent. And so I think, you know, we have to provide those entities with a lot of documentation, a lot of records. And we thought we were doing a lot of that already. But when we looked at what NACWA requires, um, it, it required us to do a better job of a lot of what we were already doing. And it helped us over the hump for some things that we wanted to do. In other words, what I'm most excited about is NACWA gives us a framework we're doing all of the things that we were either doing or wanted to do. Something to measure it against, sort of, and uh, and uh, give it structure. Well, yes. I Personally, I felt that our center needed that one thing that all of our employees could rally around, and 
I thought we needed something that would improve employee engagement, but also you know, improve our program. And I think this effort to obtain a PCSP certification is, could be exactly that thing. So, hmm. so personally, I'm excited about it for that reason. Tell us about, um, Dr. Spivey, about that first day. That sort of, I, I, and, I, I, and I'm not sure which day uh, is the first. Is the first day the day you tell staff we're going to do this? Or is the first day the day we start doing it? Or is it the same thing? Well, I think it, you know, I think there are gradations. So when Mary Haley and Brittany began to work with us, I think the first thing they did was to go out and begin to meet with the program managers for each of our programs, our Oregon system programs. And I think the initial reaction there was, you know, more work, uh, just another sort of what we would call an unfunded mandate, something we're going to have to do to lead to an increased workload. But what I think the managers soon began to realize was that, again, this would be that one thing that would help us work across all programs and to help us all move forward together and achieve the things. And, by the way, to help them, help our program improve some of the things that they've been wanting to improve and wanting to address anyway. And so I think a little initial pushback, but then the enthusiasm for this began to grow rapidly. Chris, what was the what were the reactions you heard from staff initially? Well, it's uh, all in presentation. So when we knew that we wanted to participate and achieve this accreditation, we also knew there would be a lot of heavy lifting. So, uh, you know, when you asked previously what were the first steps, one of our first steps that you know, Dr. Spivey and I discussed was how do we put a supportive team around this project so the burden doesn't fall on our staff entirely? That was probably the most significant step that we took uh, because by identifying Mary and Brittany as um, the leaders uh, for this program, as far as doing all of the legwork, that was very significant uh, because when I talked to the staff, the program managers, the RNs, some of the clinicians that uh, work at our clinic, you know, we were committed to providing them resources where if they just shared the information, shared the data, gave us their genuine feedback, we had a team in place who could go and do that legwork, fill out those forms, provide draft documents for them. Um, and when we came true on that promise, you saw the engagement grow. Let's talk about what have been the sort of biggest challenges and sort of the opportunities for improvement that you identified and that you've begun to work on. Like any organization, we knew that there were challenges with just the patient experience, and not the patient experience from afar, meaning that um, we certainly had some cleanup to do with our communication to patients that were outside our four walls, but we had identified that uh, the experience in the clinic, which is extremely busy, I think this fiscal year will almost hit 70,000 encounters in a very small space, which will be another record for the Emory Transplant Center. But we knew that the patient deserved a more cohesive and organized environment for their visit to the transplant center. So we did a little bit of work, a little research, and we really were dedicated to reorganizing how the clinic functioned. That was happening simultaneously with our accreditation. So putting our clinic director in touch with uh, Mary and Brittany to help uh, shape how we could continue to expand and improve the patient experience when they were in our clinic 
um, has worked uh, tremendously well. Uh, we have a lot of statistics and data around just the patient experience. Our press gaming sports or patient satisfaction were higher this year than they have ever been, um, and that is due in large part to going through a, uh, a quality assessment that was data-driven and defining some specific performance improvement standards um, and increasing our throughput and uh, reducing our wait time for the patient. So that was one very tangible benefit. We were looking to, uh, you know, as prescribed by the accreditation process, identify something that we could do to support vulnerable patients. And this was really a, a unique and eye-opening experience for us because we have thought that, well, we have patients who are economically depressed and, like most, have difficulty affording their medication, especially post-surgery. So we were looking at patients who um, we knew uh, fit a certain category or criteria for financial instability. And what we found out in going through the process of research that vulnerable patient population, it was actually the opposite. Patients who we had early identified as being vulnerable, we had set up systems for so that they could get financial support. The research showed us that patients who had prescription insurance or some type of um, insurance plan were the ones that were most vulnerable because as their plans changed or they couldn't meet their deductible or they lost their position, or if it was uh, employment-based insurance, those were the ones that were missing their medication refills, not adhering to what our medication treatment plans were, and were at risk of rejecting their organ or being readmitted to the hospital. So that was um, really an awesome experience and actually just following the prescribed path that the accreditation, the, the the standards require, and we've, as a result, have changed um, how we manage those patients. Talk to me about, and this is for folks who are considering uh, going through the recognition process, and we talk about a lot of work up front, uh, and we talked about that before we, we actually began the interview, that it's been a lot of work, but it becomes, I imagine, routine and habit. And then you begin to see the results. Talk to me, Dr. Spivey, about the satisfaction of seeing those results. I think that it helps if you're an organization who values. If you're an organization that values protocol, values process, and is proud of the results, you get them. And I think most transplant centers are. I think we've been, we've, we've been pushed by the United Network of Organ Sharing, and it's uh, oversight arm, the Members and Professional Standards Committee, to do what we do and do it in a timely basis. We have so many processes put in place by those organizations to make sure that, that we don't make a mistake where a patient's care is concerned. And, we, and all transplant programs work extremely hard to not get crosswise, you know, over those things. And so I think it's in our DNA to, to be process-driven be protocolized. Well, I, I think uh, what I was asking is, is for you to sort of express your satisfaction with your success on, on sort of uh, building this protocol and then seeing the results so positively. As Chris said, our patient satisfaction has improved. As we go out on our outreach efforts, our referring physicians tell us we're doing better. They tell us that we're not quite the black hole we we work very hard on getting patients, giving us uh, uh, referring physicians an avenue 
for access and also to get communication back from us. So I can simply tell you that as we fan out and meet people, both our patients and our referring physicians, we're getting very positive feedback. So, you know, it, it hasn't always been that. Tell me, because it, it can't all be cake and candles. <laughs> it is work. For other practices considering pursuing recognition, what did you find to be sort of, and I'll ask you, Chris, find to be most challenging going through this process and what you found to be the easiest part of the process? I think the most challenging component is going to be um, uh, comprehending the mechanics of achieving the accreditation. If uh, you are going it alone, meaning that you aren't going to hire an outside consultant or you're not going to dedicate staff or resources, and it's because that's not uncommon. Most administrators or transplant centers, maybe that are a little smaller in size or scope, or maybe even the large one, will have a, a QA director, people in positions that may believe that this is something that they can do in addition to the, re, the rest of their responsibility. I think that would have been a mistake. Uh, especially when you're doing something for the first time, uh, there's a huge learning curve. So I think the biggest challenge uh, for us was learning what the requirements were, what are the standards, what are the time commitments. That's the biggest challenge, understanding the full picture, the spectrum of what needs to be accomplished to achieve this accreditation. That was something we put a lot of time and effort into, uh, just basically understanding what we were venturing into. And that coincides with, I think, what was strategically our biggest win, which was putting resources like Mary Haley and Brittany Hill in place to help shepherd this through. We don't pretend to be experts in everything uh, as an administrator, as a physician, or even our program managers. Having uh, a dedicated resource to go through this accreditation for the very first time, I would recommend to any transplant center that it's a very steep learning curve. And the longer you elongate the process, it harder it is to keep people engaged. So bringing experts in that have some content knowledge, people who are solely dedicated on supporting your team has been extremely rewarding. And that allows the team, the program managers, to sit in weekly meetings, be able to share information about their program that Mary and Brittany can then go back and kind of put the paper. Um, but at the same time, one of the things I really loved about the entire process was those program managers who some of them have worked here for more than 20 years, sitting at a table together and learning best practices from each other. I think we falsely believe at times that that happens organically when they go to lunch or passing each other in the hallway because we've been so deliberate about talking about very specific things that we've been able to uh, absorb best practices even from within our own transplant center and actively grow while we are putting this accreditation together. We should we should be clear, Brittany is uh, a member of your team, someone you hired specifically for this effort, and Mary is a consultant. Who's still Is Mary still working with you? She is, correct? That is correct, yes. And then, uh, Dr. Spivey, you're not complete, you haven't completed the process. You expect to be recognized when? We hope to get our application in by the end of March, so we would like our sooner if possible pass, so we hope to get recognition March or April. Now, how about your staff, Dr. Spivey, now that you're this many months into the process? Have they embraced it? 
Oh, I think absolutely, yes. And, and I think, again, they, as Chris said, they see this as an opportunity to work across practice guidelines. And, you know, I think when we put the center together, we never intended for each organ system program to do things differently. I'm going to ask one more time, but I know you've talked about it, Dr. Spivey. You've talked about relationships with other providers. Um, it, obviously, it's a little less quantifiable, but but anecdotally speaking, it's going well. Well, there are two aspects of that that are just critical to us. Of course, referrals from outside physicians are our lifeblood, number one. And number two, I think in the future, Better care may be associated with fewer patient trips to the clinic, actually. And so to accomplish that, we think our relationship with our external partners is going to be key. The partnership that we've had with the NCQA and those individuals who are focused on the patient-centered specialty practice, um, we realize that there's a lot of learning that's happening on both sides. Transplant is something that is new and foreign to them. You know, with Emory Transplant Center being the first to attempt to obtain this accreditation, I would like to recognize that that team at the NCQA has been extremely helpful um, and supportive. I think other transplant centers should understand that um, as they uh, try to venture into this realm on their uh, on their own behalf. That uh, there's a tremendous amount of resource available, and their ability to or be willing to kind of learn about what our world looks like, where a transplant center sits, you know, in that medical home neighborhood has been extremely beneficial, I think, to both sides. So that sense of partnership has really been uh, something that I've been very pleased with. I did want to ask you about your advice to others, maybe not even transplant, but transplant too, who are considering pursuing recognition. Well, I agree with um, Chris's comments earlier about getting help, getting knowledgeable help. I think that's key. Um, I think you want to start and make sure that your leadership understands the importance of the effort and make sure that they're on board. Of course, we can't overemphasize the importance of having a multidisciplinary team to make sure that um, everybody understands why we're doing this and what the goals are. Well, gentlemen, I want to thank both of you uh, for joining us for interview podcast and uh, I think we've learned great things about the Emory University Transplant Center. Thank you gentlemen, I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much, it's our pleasure.